0: I'm Abby and I'm Allie and it's about About time time for true true crime hey hi (laughs) how are you oh my goodness what a day you guys it is raining it is
1: thundering Thundering, and lightning
0: lightning we're sitting here in our comfy clothes we have a vanilla candle burning to set the scene so you know that I'm here I have all my boxes from Amazon Prime Day that I'm not proud of but your girl bought a vacuum because that's adulting. Mm-hmm. Maps
1: for you. Oh, yeah. I was cackling because my brother sent a text in our family group chat that was like, you know you're an adult when you use Amazon Prime Day
0: to get fire extinguishers for the levels of your house. Yes. I was like, okay, fuck my drag. No, it hits different. <laughs> I literally got a pot and pan set that has the removable <gasps> um, handle on it so it can store oh, better. And no I'm like, way. "Is this is this aging? Is this... <laughs> You got more than fun. two pans. I do. I have more than two pans now. Oh, it's pretty cool. That was my favorite song. Mm-hmm. I
1: got two pans, and that's, that's it.
0: <laughs> I historically, it's sort of my thing where I just don't have you like cookware at all. Yeah, and what I do have, I should probably get rid of. Well, I'm also really
1: <laughs> glad you told me because that was gonna be my engagement gift to you and your fiance. <laughs> so I'm very glad. To know. Well thank um, you. Um because
0: yeah, bitch, you need more than two pants. I know, but I also need more storage than what I have.
1: You got plenty.
0: We could uh, make this work. I mean, but then where are all my mugs gonna go? <laughs> For someone who doesn't drink hot coffee, I have a sickening amount of mug. Backward. That oh, <laughs> was what? a delivery man just came up to the window. Oh. I did not know that's what that was. I was like, "Are we waiting?" For yeah, something? I just looked out a window and someone just dropped off. Probably another Amazon Prime Day package. Okay, bye. Okay, thank you. Ooh. Oh Ugh.
1: my gosh. Well, you guys don't know this, but thank you for asking. I'm feeling great. Um, I did. <laughs> I did have COVID. Uh, not that it impacted any of your listening schedule, but it sure impacted our recording schedule. So, yes, it did. Um, happy to say that you can't really hear it anymore. And honestly, how embarrassing
0: to get COVID in 2023. I think you are back to normal. I'm pretty close. You sound the same. You're good. If we had recorded any earlier in this week, I think we would have had a different story. Yeah, I, I sound, I think, better.
1: Mostly my energy is better. That's like the big thing.
0: Yeah. Before it was
1: like, oh, God,
0: I had eight hours at work. I'm going to go die mm-hmm. pass out. I know. Yeah. No. So we've yeah. we've both in the last month, I think, just like played hacky sack with different germs. Yeah. And now we're speaking it. I'm manifesting it. Knock on wood. Though we are all set. We are good to go. Hell yeah. And we are back to kick some podcast ass. I love kicking podcasts
1: asked yeah I think podcast ass sounds better but I wanted it to make a podcast sound but like I just don't think it works as well you know I don't yeah okay not well quite. how are you guys
0: doing how's your week been what have you been up to um I'd like to thank you guys for spending the last whole ass year with us we just got ah. A bunch of feedback from you guys on instagram from our one year we got lots of messages and things like that and that just makes our day so i just wanted to say thank you and i just i counted and we're in over 60 countries which absolutely blew my mind it is
1: insanity that is
0: insane in the membrane truly we have you guys to thank because we certainly don't know people in 60 countries but y'all do, and I, you make our day. I've never been day. out
1: of one country, let alone to like ten.
0: <laughs> so that's let alone sixty. <laughs> that's pretty. Let alone two. Let, let alone, alone three. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even been to five, or six, <laughs> or seven. Anyway. I I just wanted to very quickly just say that we love you and appreciate you. And if you still want to support us, continue to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, repost, and um, we'll give you kisses on your nose. All right. Thank you, guys. I think we've arrived at the time. I believe we have. Where the skippers should stop. Hey. Hi. Hello. Tune in. Hello. How you doing? So we can get into this episode because I have to say that, I mean, they're all rough. They're all terrible. This one hits different, and we'll talk about why. <laughs> and I think it might may hit different to you and I versus, you know, other people in, in different life stages, but I think we all knew somebody yeah, like Katie Autry, who we're going to be talking about today.
1: Well, I'm so glad to be filled in. All right. All right. So,
0: Skippers, you can stop, and hello, hi, and welcome back to your favorite true crime podcast. Thank you guys. Thank you, you, you all for tuning in. Uh, we are back to business again after the sicknesses are done with i am no longer stuffy abby's no longer dying and we are back sitting in our fat pants talking about our favorite subject so let's get into it you'll know i will forget if i do not tell you now (laughs) so
1: (laughs) i have to just
0: my sources at the top but y'all know they're at the bottom too but just to name a couple of them, we've got The Midwest Crime Files, The U.S. Sun, Bowling Green Daily News, an episode of Southern Gothic, and an episode of Death in the Dorms,
1: which Holy is cow. a
0: little bit of a sneak peek into what we are talking about today. Eek. So we are covering the horrific, gruesome, callous, terrible murder of Katie Autry. Okay. That doesn't make me worried at all. No. And in fact, we're actually going to get to know Katie a little bit more so that this hurts even more. Wow. Okay. Actually, let me say that
1: might have sounded sarcastic. I am excited to get to know actually who we're talking about, but the wow was ow. Yeah, no, it's going to hurt. hurt.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, your stomach's going to hurt. I cried writing Mm. all this. I've got 10 pages of research in front of me. They all, you know, each case like reaches a part of you you know and we spend so many hours on this researching every bit that we can and really making sure that we don't bring an episode to you unless we feel like we've mastered it that we really know what we're talking about or we know what there is available out there for us to know right and in this case i watched so many interviews with her family heard so many just stories of the people that still remember her and care about her and loved her and to hear just how heartbroken they are that they didn't want to live in a world without her. Yeah. And they have to has just absolutely ripped me apart and then mm. chewed me up and spit me out. So um, I figured I would do that to you mm-hmm. um, because sharing is caring and I don't gatekeep. Well, I
1: am excited to hear about her because it's always worthwhile to talk about these people. I'm not necessarily excited to like... Um, want to crumple up into a ball and cry for the next four no, days, but, we but do, I'll do what I need to do. We do
0: actually have a lot to learn, and yeah. I think that we can break that down afterwards, because I think there are some things that could be done differently that I think are important for us to remember and keep in mind. Awesome. Okay. okay. So all good things. So let's get into it. Katie, so good things. Katie was born Melissa K. Autry, but she went by Katie. Okay. And... She was born June 10th, 1984 in Rosine, Kentucky. Hey. So we're going on a little trip to Kentucky. That's the same
1: birthday as my friend Erica. Oh, yeah? Yep. Not 1984, but you know. Yeah.
0: Gemini. Hey. Right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. One. I don't know that shit, but, <laughs> <laughs> but again, since she was a little kid, she went by Katie. She had a sister named Lisa. I believe Lisa was a couple years younger than her and she okay. looked up to Katie a lot and Aww. Katie's bio mom got really sick and they weren't they wouldn't really specify in what it is at first i had thought like a physical illness but i think Mm -hmm. it was a mental health concern gotcha and ultimately she wasn't able to take care of her kids so katie and her little sister lisa ended up in foster care oh wow okay and i think she was around eight at this time so she was old enough to know what was going on but too young to have any control or say over it which is really tough or like a full grasp but like you can know what's happening and you know
1: still struggle with what in the hell does that actually mean you know yes
0: and you know they they were just kind of plucked from where they were and at first the two bounced around from home to home Mm -hmm. as that's pretty typical um before they get settled in but she was actually really lucky though because she did settle with a couple named Jim and Shirley Emmons. Okay. And I love those names. That sounds so homey. Yeah. Aww. And she absolutely loved it. They adored her and she was very lucky and she was very happy there. They are a family that truly was fostering kids for all the right reasons they were doing it the right way and Uh, they genuinely wanted to make a good home from the children that they took in and that's not to say that people get that not all of them do that but we do hear the horror stories of the people that foster children for
1: the wrong reasons terrible
0: reasons and to take advantage of the situation rather than try to benefit them and in this case that wasn't what happened and i think so rarely do we give the credit to the foster parents that yes do an awesome job and rarely on a true crime podcast will we talk about how awesome foster parents can be so so true snaps for them one of the aspects that made this foster family so great though is actually that they saw the importance of katie still being connected with her biological family oh that oh good so when she was taken in by them they didn't say okay this is your new name this is your new thing like you know what i mean You, you can't talk to them because she had grown up very close with her cousins right and to be put into a foster home that wasn't going to allow that would have been detrimental to katie and so she ended up just really getting the best of both worlds she was still very close with her aunts that she had always been close with and her cousins that she pretty much grew up alongside like sisters and they made sure that she could still maintain all of those relationships which was which is pretty unheard of and pretty awesome it's pretty much best case scenario for
1: foster care
0: yeah and the foster parents were like no none of those relationships will suffer with you being here which is awesome um her parents were loving and kind and strict and katie was not used to strict so there was a little bit of a a curve there (laughs) but it was it was for all the right reasons she was to go to church. She was to focus on her grades. She was to stay out of trouble. And in the area at that time, that wasn't the most common parenting approach, but it did Katie a world of good and really spoke to how a solid, loving, stable home can make all the mm-hmm. difference for a child. And she really showed that because she had seen her classmates and some of her other family get into trouble. And she she stayed on the straight and narrow. Good. She was bright, and she was bubbly, and she always oh. made those around her feel happy. She was the stereotypical, she lit up the room kind of girl. Yeah. And it sounds so cliche, and I hate saying it because it sounds cliche, but truly, from all reports, she was just this bundle of light and laughter and, and, uh. and fun, despite having to overcome hardships that many of her peers, many of her classmates didn't even know she had to go through, let alone have gone through themselves. Right. She... Still stayed close with her biological family all throughout when she got into high school and everything. So it wasn't like just in her younger years. When she was old enough to start choosing where she spent time and who she spent time with, she still chose her family. Oh, good. And she was actually a really avid cheerleader. Okay. And she was really good at it, which was awesome. She did that right up until she graduated high school. And she was also active in other activities in high school. She was on the track team. She was in the reading club. She was part of the principal's leadership club. What a little cutie. And she was awarded most improved cheerleader and most determined cheerleader. Cute. I mean, she worked hard. Yeah. Got good grades. Did all the extra clubs. You know. Yep. Takes one to know one. Yes. Game respects game. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So after high school, Katie wanted to go to college. Okay. Okay. She was 18. She had her whole life ahead of her. And she's like, I don't necessarily want to stay where I'm at. Yeah. So she applied to to that. (laughs) She applied to a bunch of schools. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ultimately, she did end up choosing Western Kentucky University, which just gets called Western a lot. Okay. Because I think WKU is kind of a mouthful. Yeah. So Western. Western. Um she chose this school primarily because it was close by and she didn't want to be far from everyone so she could still go and live there and do that thing but she didn't have to be like 10 hours away from her family to do it um this school is regarded as a party school to which i say find me one that isn't
1: yeah, I think any school that's known as a party school is just big enough that the people who want to party can be loud about it.
0: You'll, you will be hard pressed to find a school that does not have parties. So to call it that, that I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, yeah. Every college has parties. They all have underage drinking. The extent that you choose to participate in that is up to you. Yeah, regardless but of the school reputation. It's going on whether you show up to it or you don't. But she actually wanted to go to school to become a dental hygienist. Wait, I love that. And she told her cousin Barbie that it was to make people smile. That's so And to help people smile. And if you want to picture Katie, she's this beautiful blonde. Okay. She, to me, is a combination of like a young Julia Stiles and a young Britney Spears. I think if they had a baby, it would be Katie Autry. She's beautiful. She's a petite little thing. She's tiny. She's cute. And you can just kind of tell that she was ball of life Mm. she was the very first person in her biological family to go to college in fact many of them hadn't graduated high school so they were incredibly proud that she was taking that next step and deciding what she wanted out of life that's so good way to represent first gen in the area that she lived in there weren't a whole lot of diverse or promising opportunities to work after school Mm -hmm. you could get a factory job you okay. could wind up working on some farmland or you'd work in low end food service. Okay. And she didn't want any of those things. Understood. So she was gonna make sure that it was different, which was awesome. Katie's friend Andrew recalls meeting her the first week of school at Western. Uh they both lived in what was called Hugh Poland Hall. Okay. Uh their freshman year, so that was their dorm hall. And they became friends really quickly. He said that she was quiet and shy at first, but once she was comfortable, she was really fun, really lively, and made everybody laugh. Katie made a lot of friends that first semester, and by December of 2002, she had actually befriended a girl named Danica, and they became inseparable.
1: Okay, also I am looking at pictures of her, and that is a perfect
0: description. Thank you.
1: She's such a little cutie, and she vibes so early two thousands.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. And it does give like that was Julia Stiles, you mm-hmm. know, Britney Spears' time. It just you can see it, right? Yes, absolutely. Like okay. if she were Britney Spears' cousin, I would be like, no, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and her and Danica ended up becoming like jointed the hip. Like oh, it, people would joke that if you saw Danica, you were gonna see Katie. They were never far. And for the second semester they actually moved in to be roommates. Okay. So they wanted to just like dorm together the next That's semester so because cute. they just got they so like close as so quick. As soon as possible. Yes. Let me Not it. even wait till the next year. Let's right. do the next semester. And Danica and Katie did the typical college student things. They went to their classes, they did their homework. They went to all the parties they could get into. They yes, went to they the drank. the dining
1: hall. Yes, the yes.
0: E. They drank underage. They gushed over the hot guys that were there. They did all the things that yeah. you do your freshman year when you're finally away from. Everything you know. Authority. The authority yeah. that you were used to, right? So we're going to fast forward to May 3rd, 2003. Okay. So Katie started school fall of 2002. We're moving all the way through the school year toward the end. Okay. And it's 4 a.m. Whoa. Okay. The fire alarms went off in the Hugh Poland dorm building. Oh, when don't they? That Katie had lived in. Okay. So all the students exited the building. Many of them were still half asleep. They were in their pajamas or their slippers, kind of annoyed that the alarm was going off. Yep. Yep. It was near the end of the school year, so it was kind of a common prank on campus for other you know, people living in different dorms to pull the fire alarm, make everybody get up. Either uh, you've just fallen asleep because you were out part- partying or you were going to get up early the next morning because you had to study for your finals. You had to do something. Right. Maybe you didn't even go to sleep yet and you were about to and then these alarms go, go off. So whatever the reason was, people weren't thrilled and no one really took it seriously. They're like, yeah, yeah I'll go and I'll leave. But like this isn't funny. This is about to be finals week. I'm tired, I'm exhausted, and I just want to be in bed. Yes, and these pranks were going on around campus. And also, if it wasn't like a
1: I pulled the fire alarm as a joke, it always smelled so bad of like burning ramen or mac and cheese or popcorn or whatever yeah. it is. Like
0: who put their mac in, who put their Easy Mac in the microwave without putting water in it? You I, smoke too much weed, knock yes. it off. <laughs> and you can smell the burnt noodles it's so bad yes or who left the popcorn like what did you do did you set yeah. it out in five minutes what are you doing those are the kinds of things <sighs> that are going through the students minds, did right? i ever
1: tell you about um the time that i had a dream that i set off the fire alarm while i was in school no <laughs> i was convinced so um naughty me i will admit this i did have a candle in my dorm <gasps> you Bitch. And I had a nightmare that I left it burning and then it set off the fire alarm. Your conscience. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I have such a guilty conscience. I'm like, I asked my RA, I was like, did I set off the fire alarm?
0: Last no, night? how would you? Because
1: in my dream, I just like went back to bed. I was like, I'll just blow that out real quick and go to sleep. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's exactly what all this is
0: yeah and nobody ever takes it seriously you're like half asleep you're still in your slippers you're in a bathrobe if anything depending on where you live that time of year it still can be pretty cold yeah it's just not great and even though the students follow the standard protocol and evacuated no one really thought that this was real right they figured it was a stupid you know if it wasn't a stupid prank it was a drill the school ran with shitty timing right it was a chilly morning the students kind of settled into little groups outside you know little circles with their friends and whispers started amongst the crowd saying that something had happened to the blonde girl in room 214
1: oh no but at
0: that point it was just a rumor so to their surprise they realized very quickly that the alarm actually wasn't a drill and it wasn't just a fire okay because the fire department arrived on scene and headed into the building And they could tell that this was serious. Like, they were actually looking for something. They did not look like they were responding to a drill. They looked like they were here for a reason. Okay. So, it was the role of the RA to go room to room and make sure that the students had evacuated the building. And if you don't know, an RA is a resident advisor or resident assistant. I've seen it kind of called both. Sometimes it's called a CA, which might be community advisor, whatever it is. Depending on the school and the size of the dorms, the RAs or the CAs are either responsible for the whole building or just their floor. Yeah, And they are tasked with getting to know the students living in the building. They try to make them feel more at home. They comfort someone if they're feeling homesick. Probably help settle disputes among roommates. Make sure that there's no underage drinking going on. I mean, you always hide everything from the RAs, right? Right. Me and my roommate our freshman year stole the hand soap dispenser and hid (laughs) it in our room and had to hide it for every time they did their rounds. Oh. That's just what you did. So, typically if they're doing their jobs right they know who lives in which room they might know who on that floor or in that building get along things like that they're kind of think hall monitor for apartment building type thing so when this particular ra was making her rounds down the second floor hallway of the dorm she noticed smoke coming from under the door of room 214 oh okay now western pd so the the upd the campus pd if you will um unlocked the door but they couldn't enter the room because the smoke was just so thick oh um, my they gosh. didn't really see flames but they were not dressed they did not have the equipment they needed to go in there and it just came like pouring out of the room
1: Holy they cow. were not
0: ready for this so they backed out so they ended up getting the firemen inside yeah and the firemen could see that the flames were out. There was still a bit of like a smolder at this point. But one of them noticed something that was a bit shiny on the bed. And it was sort of like under a pile of clothes is what it Uh. kind of looked like. And to his surprise, it started to move a little bit.
1: Oh god! And
0: then he realized that there was actually a girl laying there on the bed and he could see that she was still breathing. Well, breathing is good. So the students outside realized this wasn't a drill officially when they saw Katie Autry brought out by firefighters and laid on the ground. They because they could just tell that she was breathing even a little bit, I mean she's obviously severely burned. Right. But they're doing chest compressions. They're trying because they know that they do not have time. And though her breathing was shallow, she was alive, but they needed to act immediately. Yeah. One of the firemen turned to the crowd of students that had formed and said, if you are someone who prays, now is the time to pray. Oh! The students there that heard that that night say that that line and the look on his face and the way he said it has stuck with them for life. I'm sure that if is... you are a praying person, if you are someone who prays, now is the time to pray for her. Holy. Oh, absolute shivers.
1: Like I literally have goosebumps right now.
0: As she was put in the ambulance she was able to say one sentence and she said take me home oh that makes me sad so katie was brought to bowling green medical center with some investigators okay abby's already crying okay this is so ugh. i know it, it's gonna hurt it, okay thanks <laughs> so some of them stayed with her so that if she were able to speak at all communicate with them whatsoever That they would be there so that they could try to figure out who the hell did this to her. And then the rest of the investigators stayed on the scene trying to figure out what was going on, you know. And the fireman who was the first to see Katie said that immediately the scene did not look right to him for a number of reasons. Okay. The first being that she was under what looked like a pile of clothes. Right. Um... Sure, she's a college student. Whatever. I don't know anybody who falls asleep under a pile of clothes. I think more in college you're falling asleep on top of a pile right. of
1: clothes, or with all of the clothes shoved to the end of the bed, so you can crawl into it.
0: Absolutely. But, but in this case, it seemed like it was piled on top of her, which would have been pretty tricky for her to do, having been under it. Correct. The other thing he noticed was that she had a like a nylon stocking over her face, like the tights or pantyhose oh. material, over her yeah, face. Yeah, that's
1: not normal. No. And if you're in a burning place uh, would melt onto your skin. so
0: So after it was removed, they actually could see that she had been severely beaten in the head. Oh uh, her right eye, I think mostly the right side of her face ended up being like really badly either caved in or something. Ooh. It was it was pretty gnarly. And the bruises, she had little cuts, it, like a, just half of her face seemed to be pushed just a little bit. And they could see that she had small puncture wounds in the neck, which was punctures, puncture wounds that looked like the size of, you know, what a pen might do. Oh, so hold on to that. And they also saw that the cord of her curling iron was wrapped around her neck like she'd been strangled with it. So this poor girl, her room is on fire. She's under a pile of clothes. Pantyhose is wrapped around her face. She's been... Beaten in the head, and she has stab wounds with from from a pen in her neck, and she's been strangled with a curling iron. And she's, yeah, she was barely able to breathe because her own curling iron cord was wrapped around her neck. Oh, it was like every which way they could try to hurt her, they did. Yeah, with whatever they had on fucking hand. Once That's Katie nuts. was at the hospital, medical staff could determine that the burns she had sustained were not accidental. They could see that some parts of her had been doused in what they thought were an accelerant. Okay. Mainly her chest and genital area. Oh. So she had been sprayed or something had been poured on her specifically between her legs and her chest and like up near her face. Oh. And then she was set ablaze basically. Oh. Oh. This was an indicator to the police that there was a sexual component to this crime because they figured the attacker was trying to destroy evidence. Yeah. Which was obviously concerning, but worse, they knew that she had been tortured before and during the fire. So it wasn't that she was doused and then these things happened. It was all of those things happened to her. And then the last thing was she was set on fire and whoever it was that did this to her left. And by now, different kinds of investigating teams were there. And it was busy. Okay. The fire department was still there. Yeah. The campus police was still there. Naturally. By now, the local police had arrived, state police had arrived, and arson investigators. Okay. So, all of these resources, which it was just excellent and amazing the way everybody came together to look at this beautiful, like, 18-year-old girl and say, what the hell happened here? Right anyone who could help was there to help and with all of these entities working together new information came to the surface okay they were able to first determine the origin of the fire which is typically you know the job of the fire investigator right. the arson investigator to, to put together and you know they can help figure out if it is our ar- uh, arson determine if it was accidental how it started where it started and try to establish a timeline of events right and also for those of you wondering yes there are
1: accelerant trained doggos that know how to smell Mm. different accelerants to say like hey there's gasoline here and they're such good boys
0: and girls all the good boys and girls
1: oh anyway sorry
0: they're honorary pod pets here yes the fire investigator, to my knowledge, did not have any good boys or girls with them, but they were still working their tails off. <laughs> oh, that was good. So, thank you. And
1: you don't need a dog for that job, but it does make it better. So, if you guys are around in Kentucky, you uh, you give your arson investigators a little pal. They deserve it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Name them Spot. Oh, a little, something cute. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Sorry, there's a little... That's like the only levity we're going to get here. Yeah, I'm trying. (laughs) So, the fire investigator then made a very gruesome discovery. Oh, good. The origin of the fire was Katie herself. I was worried about that. So, yeah. then, if you looked up on the ceiling, there was a sprinkler Okay. above the bed. But the sprinkler had a towel covering it, so the water wouldn't be able to put the fire out below. And thankfully... The towel ended up getting soaked and then dripped down onto the fire, so it still went out. But the idea here was obviously intentionally placed there so that, like, she would burn longer as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Which is just the most horrific, callous thing. I mean, I there are a few things to me more terrifying than this. Yeah. Yet another thing of note was that it was only Katie's side of the room that the fire had reached. Which pointed to arson, okay? Because yeah, only her side of the room had accelerant on it. Basically, right. uh, next to the bed lay a can of hairspray, <laughs> and they believed that that was what was used to be the accelerant. Okay, yeah. With all of the evidence that they could find initially, it seemed that she had been put through hell on earth. Yes. At this point, they were able to confirm that Katie had been raped, oh. beaten stabbed, and set in fire, all while she was alive. That poor girl. Katie's family was notified immediately, and they rushed to the hospital. And good. as soon as they walked in, they were sequestered to a smaller private room, which they knew was to not, not be a good sign. Uh, they were expecting bad news, because typically if you're brought aside, it's because they're going to deliver news they don't want to do in front of other people. And the- Right. Or that they want to give you the privacy of reacting to be to, Yeah, and, to be able to yell and scream and get whatever it is. Or the fear that you might react that right. way. And they want to just protect everybody involved. So they're in this small room. Then the doctor walked in, explained her injuries, and said that she was going to need to be airlifted to a different hospital because they were not capable of treating right. the severity of her injuries. But he wanted them to know that... She might not even survive the flight. Right. Like her injuries were so bad that they were going to do everything they could. But he really wanted to preface this with we are doing what we can to save her, but there is no guarantee that she'll even make it to the hospital. Oh. So they went from thinking, Okay, Katie's been in an accident. She's at the she's at the hospital, we're gonna go. They get there, they get put in a room. They're like, Oh, she's already gone. Oh, this is bad. Oh, she needs to go to a now we need to travel yeah so she's gonna be even further from home while we're trying to figure all of this out and now we need to go and then she might not live
1: i'm afraid of the answer to this question but did they get to
0: see her at all they did good and we'll talk a bit about that okay that makes me feel better I'm I'm glad that you can find the good here because there's very little of it.
1: There's very little of it. I almost cried asking that question. I so. know. I
0: can see it in your face and hear it in your voice. and I'm sorry. But yes. And we'll talk about that. Abby's flipping me off. Okay. Thank you. So. <laughs> I'm crying currently. So I'm allowed to. By daybreak on May 3rd, what happened to Katie had already made headlines. Yeah, An 18-year-old freshman was found in her dorm room alone after being set on fire, and no arrests were made. There was anger, there was frustration, there was fear in the community, and not unlike what we talked about in our Gainesville Ripper series, shameless plug, <laughs> parents of the students reconsidered letting their child go to school there. And yes, yeah. I say child, even though they were all at least 18, but y'all are your parents' children forever, so deal yeah. with it. It doesn't matter how old you get that's just how it is nope, but you're still a baby to someone Hypervigilance spread as parents began calling the school to make sure their kid was okay yeah they're afraid how could this happen this was supposed to be a, a safe college campus the right. southern hospitality i felt comfortable with my kid going here i'm hours away what's going on right and you know who did this where are they right how many what more are people are how many more people are they gonna do this to, to? Why haven't you found who did this? It is a hot seat to be in to have to answer those phone calls. Correct. And and not unlike what happened in our Gainesville series is that even though every single one of those parents or loved ones calling have Mm -hmm. valid concerns, what it's doing in the moment is tying up resources that could be dealing with this and trying to focus on it because they're not only calling the school but they're calling the local pd they're calling the state police they're calling the university police because they're trying to find out you know what's going on and what's the update and can you check on my kid then yeah and while they should wonder and ask and confirm those things it also just shows that those resources are now not being dedicated to the thing you're mad at them that they're not dedicating it to. Right. Right. Exactly. So, female students were especially on high alert. Katie was one of their own. Many of them were friends with her. They were feeling the stress and the fear of what happened in the place that they had felt safe right. the day before. Well, and
1: then you mix all of that in with grief on top of it. It is insanity, I'm
0: sure. And they actually ended up not unlike our gainesville it's just interesting how the i don't know the group mentality the herd mentality what happens on a college campus with the same age group is they just sort of like herd together they clumped together so the girls would would go like four to the bathroom four to their car no one was allowed to walk home after class even during the daylight alone good um even a lot of the male students Would walk them to and from classes. Like they would volunteer, they would offer to Uh go with their friends. They made sure that their friends were okay. Even the guys kind of stuck together, but they always made sure that if they saw like a girl alone, like they would check on her, which was really sweet. And that everybody just sort of came together because right now we had no reason to believe that any male students were at risk, but we knew that the younger, more petite female students all were like, Katie was just like me. Right. And if that can happen to her.
1: Yeah, I am one classroom away from it being me. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So we're going to head back on over to the investigation. Okay. The question remained, why had a beautiful, kind, 18-year-old freshman been brutally attacked just before classes were done for the summer? I mean, we were heading into finals week. This was the time that people were out and enjoying, like, celebrating. They're almost done. You You throw in some disc on the quad. You kind of know if you're going to pass or fail at this point. (laughs) Like, you can kind of, you have an idea. Weather's warming up. People are having a fun time.
1: And anyone who's not a freshman has been through enough finals to be like, all right, I got to do X, Y, Z, and that's it. Yeah.
0: They had to turn to the students on campus that night. To try to piece together what happened. Katie was last seen after around 1 a.m. badging back into her dorm building because she had like her little ID and that would unlock the door. Right. And she waved to the girl at the front desk, which was probably a CA or an RA. Right. And then she headed upstairs and she went to her room. She went to 214. But their next task in terms of the investigation was to find Katie's best friend and roommate, Danica. Right. Because... Whenever they would talk about Katie, it was like, well, Katie's always with Danica, so you definitely want to ask her. And it was a question of, was she in danger? Did she know what happened? Or worse, was she in on it? Right. Because her side of the room was left alone. Yeah. They couldn't get answers if they couldn't find her, and they just didn't know where she was. So another student actually said, well, I have her phone number. Do you want me to give her a call? Yeah. And the police were like, absolutely yes, Yes, can you do do. that? (laughs) And she's like, oh my God, yes, 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 I'll go in. So Danica goes in and talks with them. Oh, good. Okay. She's beside herself because that's her best friend. Right. She has no idea how it happened. She said that she was actually staying over someone else's dorm that night. She was like having a sleepover somewhere else. Aww. She had seen Katie earlier. She just wasn't there that night. Right. Um, and she'd oh, actually talked to her. Girl. So Danica said that she and Katie had pre-gamed before a party. As you do. And then went to the party and kept drinking. Okay. So they were at a party that night. That makes sense. That's and the age, the time. This particular weekend was actually the weekend of the Kentucky Derby. Oh. And again, also the end of the school year. So there were plenty of reasons to party. Right. And partying, they were. So Danica said that she and Katie were at this party, and so was uh, Maurice, Katie's kind of boyfriend. Okay. Maurice was this tall, really cute football player. He was, was he a, like a space cowboy. <laughs> I saw his, I like saw pictures of him, though. He's like very hot and I could see why she went after him. Um, <laughs> okay. But I'm sorry. I'm just saying he was on Some the football team and he was popular <laughs> and he was hot and everything that Katie wanted. And while she was infatuated with him, he had wandering eyes and he was known to spend time with other girls, which really upset Katie. I don't think that they As were. A hot 18 yes. year old football players probably do. Yes. It's, not, I mean, I feel for her,
1: but. That's kind of the the nature of the game there, huh?
0: I also don't think that they were official. Okay, yeah. I think that they were talking, like chatting, and I yeah. think that she was really into him and that she wanted to be more, but I think it was he was very much keeping it casual with her and doing so on purpose because he did not want to settle down. He was like exclusive who? I'm exclusively for all the ladies. It was also rumored that he actually had a girlfriend from back home. She was out of town. So Katie may have been the other woman instead of the other way around. Oh, poor girl. So she was not very pleased to hear of him talking to anybody. I don't think she knew he had a girlfriend. Oh, Danica said that that night while they were at the frat house partying, Maurice and Katie got into a little bit of a fight. I think it was about him flirting with another girl and Katie became upset. She was drunk. She was emotional. She slapped him. And then she was asked to leave by the guys throwing the party because she was making a scene and she did just hit somebody. I mean, that's assault. And they were like, nope, this ends here. You need to go. And one of the pledges assigned basically to DD duty, like designated driver i said yeah. triple d in here i said ddd if you will yeah <laughs> designated driver duty uh he was the you know designated sober person he yeah. wasn't drinking but he was responsible for literally driving people to and from the frat house and their dorm rooms right. or their apartments or whatever because their campus was a good size and it was worth yeah. driving and also so that people weren't driving home absolutely no one was tempted to do that so this was sort of his responsibility
1: Well, that's actually one of the best things I've heard of a frat making a pledge do. So, well,
0: good on them. I do just want to say that, uh, as a side note, a pledge in a frat Mm -hmm. is someone who wants to be in, you know, a sorority or a fraternity, I guess, is kind of the best way to put it is they're like in the tryout phase or the interview phase. Um, They pretty much have to eat shit and do what the other brothers or sisters want to get a chance at being chosen. Right. And up here in the Northeast... Greek life exists, you know, there are fraternities, there are sororities, Um, they party, they do that, but it's nowhere near as big a thing here as it is in the South. Yes. Greek life is a huge part of universities in the South. They're really big on philanthropy. I mean, you join, you join one when you go there and you typically are in it all four years these are the people that you're gonna see 10 years out you know yeah that's not to say that it's all sunshine and roses and that it but like these are my people this is my clan this yeah this is your group and you sort of choose your group and you know they choose you
1: that's i also think that's part of the appeal are people are like okay they wanted me like they put me through all this and they still like me Yes. um I, w- I mean, I went to a school that claimed they didn't have any Greek life. We had one campus-wide fraternity that was a service fraternity, so it was all, like, volunteer work. Um, we had a few funny, like, fake ones that weren't associated with the school at all. But, like, other than that, it wasn't big, but I did apply to a school down south, and that was, like, half of their pitch.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's and it's it's a big thing, and depending on where you go, I think that experience is shaped by right. that and the culture around it. But where this school is, it was a big deal. Right. Even though if you're a New England listener up here, like, I mean, really, mm, yeah, it exists, but it isn't, it's not the reason you're going to the school. You don't have to do it. Right. You know, things like that. So all of that to say, just so you know, if you didn't, it's sort of like the tryout phase. You kind of have to eat shit, do what they say, and then... Mm-hmm. If they choose you, you're like, ooh, I was chosen. Yeah. And then next year, you know, you can do that to other people. <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much what it is. Now, Danika said that she didn't go with Katie mm-hmm. to leave the party because she was still having fun. And she was like, right. Katie, why'd you hit somebody? Mm, she like, was now like, now you have to go. I've been putting time out. Drunk and underage. And I am not assaulting people. So. Correct. Right. So Katie got in the car with the ddd mm-hmm. and his name was ryan and he assured Danica that he would get katie home katie was pretty trashed okay. and she was like yeah I'm, uh, it is time for me to call it a night she wasn't going there to a different party or anything like that she was like all right i'm all set right and about an hour later about two thirty in the morning Danica called to make sure that katie made it home okay, okay. so she called katie They talked on the phone. By this time, I think Danica was already at her friend's house that she was spending the night at. Okay. But she, I mean, again, her and Katie didn't go really anywhere without talking to each other. So she was calling to make sure, did you make it home okay? You know, did you brush your teeth? Did you take your makeup off? Did you you drink all your water? Are you drunk? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Are you taking care of yourself? Good. But when she got on the phone with her, she said that Katie didn't sound right. Okay. She said that Katie said somebody had come in the room. Oh. And that she didn't know them. Oh. Which is odd because it's a dorm room and a dor- dorm room is kind of small. So if you're yeah, on the phone. And you're saying
1: someone, someone is, came in,
0: they're hearing you say someone yeah. came in. Do you know what I'm saying? So There's
1: no way to be in a dorm room with someone and not be heard. Just no. Just
0: period. So I'm not totally sure how that went down, but apparently Katie just said she doesn't know who's in the room but she just really wanted to sleep. Yeah. And Danica could hear what she thought were two male voices in the background. Oh. And one of them actually spoke with her on the phone. Danica was like, let me talk to him. Yeah. And Katie gave the phone and a male took the phone and said, yeah, I drove her home. She's okay. Okay. So that was Ryan getting her to bed. So. Okay. Then the call ends and Danica, she's worried. But she didn't really think anything was up. She kind of thought Katie could take care of herself. Right. I'm sure Tanika was still a bit drunk, you know. I
1: mean, she's also in an entirely different place, also probably inebriated with other people, and
0: in hindsight, being 2020, being what it is, I don't want to shit on Tanika. In today's day and age, I think a call to 911 could have been made if someone said that another person came into their room, they didn't know who they were, right you didn't recognize the voice on the other end seeing like my first immediate thought
1: maybe not nine one one. if it was me in that moment but like the ra of like hey there are two random people in a room can you just check it out yes yeah. i mean you know maybe you're being a mom and dad close your ears but like maybe you're being a cock block but like i'd rather be a cock block and know you're safe
0: oh absolutely you know what i mean then then
1: you know, the worst obviously hindsight hindsight you know that yeah. what did
0: happen and i think a lot of us today right in our day and age it's different but a lot of us sitting here hanging out together hey hey uh most of us true crime listeners are hyper alert right right we are Absolutely. the share your location kind of people where the text me when you get home or i'm going to <laughs> double text you to make sure you made it yeah kind of people the i'm going to tell three people where i'm going so that if something happens to me i've you know a 33 percent chance one of you is gonna know yeah
1: did you literally read the rules that i sent my therapist this (laughs) week
0: (laughs) uh where the uh do extensive background web sleuthing on any potential partner partner of of you or your friends yeah Uh, i'm personally the leave my fingerprints all over an uber kind of person leave a piece of hair i mean just to say that when we say we take it to an extreme it's definitely to an extreme but it's because of cases where we just didn't know enough beforehand right and awful things have happened that all we can try to do is try to learn yeah and i think in this case i danica didn't do anything wrong she made sure katie made it home katie said she did she was a little unsure of it could it have warranted a call sure but it also couldn't have right and And that and that's i think fair i think danica was a little bit drunk I think she was talking to her friend who was also drunk and she didn't think anything was going to happen.
1: Well, and also, you know, I might have a little bit of a different experience because I know my college was pretty small, but it was a safe campus. Like lovingly, I think people made fun of me a lot because I carried pepper spray around Mm -hmm. and they were like, why the hell are you doing that? There's like 20 people here. and like, that's an exaggeration, but you knew faces. You knew Mm -hmm. who was supposed to be there. And so I think there's also this false sense of security on any college campus where you're like, we're all eighteen. We're all
0: here doing the same we're all thing. Just
1: like letting our little freak flags fly for the first time, having a good time, going home and going to bed, and mm-hmm. waking up and taking all of the Advil we can. Like, I I totally see where someone in that scenario isn't gonna double back.
0: You Absolutely. Know? And I think with Danica, you know, she had spent every other night sleeping in that same room and everything was fine so i think she's like i'm having a sleepover. you know maybe she was right just didn't feel comfortable walking home that late because by then it was like two in the morning and she's like oh i'll just sleep it off here i'll see katie in the right. morning whatever and of course that didn't happen right but right after talking to Danica, investigators are like so maurice huh they got in an argument okay let's talk to him <laughs> so stop number one they do they speak with him and maurice is distraught he's in shock and i'm sure filled with regret he told them the same he told them that he was at that party katie was there that she wanted to leave with him and for him you know to like she wa- i think she wanted to go back to her room and wanted him to join her mm-hmm. and yeah he said Have a no little night and, and then an argument sort of ensued. He may or may not have been texting or chatting with like this other girl or something like that, whatever it was. They confirmed his alibi and he was removed from their suspect list. Okay. He was there much later than her. He stuck around and he was seen there. Okay. He is a space cowboy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, up next, they went back to the frat house. They wanted to talk to Ryan. Okay. because ryan yeah was uh, as we know the last person to talk with her right and when they go to talk with him he's not there okay so they went back to that frat and maybe it was because he wasn't like official yet that he like wasn't at the frat house mm-hmm. but they ended up just talking to other people that lived in the frat house instead because ryan wasn't available at that time but they actually got Important information from the other people they talked to. So it kind of worked out. They did actually get to talk with Ryan later. Okay. But they talked to other people first. Now, the other people they talked to confirmed that Ryan was there. Ryan was driving people home. But they also said that Ryan wasn't the only one in the car. Okay. They said that Stephen Souls, who was 20 years old, was visiting Ryan and a couple other people. And Stephen had been taking a nap in the truck because he had gotten like really drunk okay he wasn't a member of the frat in fact he wasn't even a student at western but he would go there often to go to the college parties he was known as kind of a low life not a great guy he was known to lie cheat steal yeah. he was trying to get something for nothing you know he, he did is- not have a great reputation i'll just put it that way yeah and he too had pre pre-gra- <laughs> pre he had pre-gamed. He had pre-gamed this party. So by the time it got later into the night, he was already so trashed, it was nap time. Right. And he did. So he went into the back of the truck, took a nap, and was chilling.
1: And I'm sure he actually took a couple of rides to and from the frat house yes. during his
0: nap. Now, he was woken up when Katie got in the car. Okay. And Katie, I guess, was nice to him. And then this was later like, confirmed by Ryan that... Okay she kind of teased him a bit she was like oh you're not feeling well hope you feel better Yeah. sort of like you know hey little baby like la-di-da went went on um so when they finally did talk to ryan he denied having anything to do with what happened to katie he'd obviously heard of it who didn't but he's like absolutely not did i have anything to do with this he swore that he drove her home he made sure that she walked into the building and then he left okay but when asked about his friend, Stephen, he told them that after Katie got out of the car, he started to drive away. But then Stephen asked him to stop so he could get out. OK. Now, Ryan states that after this, he just said, yeah, sure. Stop the car. Steven gets out. Ryan's alone in the truck. He states that he went home and okay. he played video games with his roommate. OK. And then he went to bed. Okay. This was all confirmed. All right. So Ryan's off
1: the list.
0: So then the focus quickly and obviously switches to Stephen Souls, and right. they didn't know where he was. Right. Another piece of information that came to light right around this point in the investigation is that Katie had previously worked at a gentleman's club named Tattletales. Okay. Which I thought was funny. Like T-A-I-L-S, mm. Tales. Okay. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I think... There is something so funny to me about funny names of gentlemen clubs that I... I also think it's hysterical
1: that they're called gentlemen's clubs. Because they're not gentlemen. such
0: awful names. <laughs> but I also... Like the Bada bang and Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Yeah. Like, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, the rumor mill was up and running full steam ahead that it must have been a patron at the gentlemen's club uh, who attacked her. And that's so shitty.
1: And you know,
0: when the media caught wind of this, they tried to attach an unsavory image of her. Now, Katie had been working at a smoothie shop on campus, but she was not making enough money to afford her bills, and she did not come from all this wealth where she could just she could just exist. Yeah. (laughs) So it's said that she started to work at this club, but was there for a matter of weeks because she just did not want to do it anymore. I think she had no idea what it was really going to entail. She was this cute young thing she was right. beautiful she was blonde she was a cheerleader i think she probably like could have made a lot of money there you know oh, she yeah. was she was definitely hot but i think she was like wow i thought this could be like quick extra money so i can pay for my books and this was not it at all and it's not worth all this fucking harassment yeah no and so she was there for like a couple of weeks tops and had already quit by the time all of this happened
1: well and also i'm just going to go ahead and say it shouldn't fucking matter like even if she was there for years oh no like, we're going to has- get there Okay, I was just going to say, like, I think it's ridiculous that media attaches such a negative stigma to this. When it's like, yes, I'm sure that there are people doing it because it's something they like to do and they want to do. But for the most part, there's not going to be a victimization that came because you wanted to dance or be a stripper of some kind or, you know, any sort of sex work adjacent field. Like, Mm -hmm. that is not you requesting to be murdered.
0: Well, and the thing was, is that you know i'll say this even it's not a job i would have i'm not here to yuck anyone's yum i'm not hey if it's legal and you can take care of yourself who am i to judge i don't know work right. is work you paying it's your just taxes Got to pay the bills yeah <laughs> you you doing legal shit you paying your taxes you're taking care of your family Cool. power to you that's all i can say you know be safe. Um, yeah. This was, however, not really an accurate glimpse at Katie, though. So, you know, uh, right. should she have wanted to do that for the rest of her life, I am in no position to judge and it does not make her less dead nor less important or worthy of investigating in, in all of the things. Right. Equ- she deserves all of the same treatment that we would give anybody else. However, this was like a two week time span. Right. In Katie's life. And all of a sudden, this idea that they wish we'd all switch gears to this gentleman's club and who the patrons were and who saw Katie while she was there, while it's important to follow all leads, it should not be like the focus because there's really no evidence of this. And
1: frankly, especially where we have significant leads with a party that she was at the night that she died, is it really worth turning that much manpower to something that wasn't relevant day of? Right. And
0: the crowd that she ran with at school was not the crowd that she ran with at this Absolutely. place. Like, these were not yeah. her people. These weren't her friends. And so, when they're interviewing people that worked there, they're like, oh, we didn't really know her that well. Like, she didn't have any, like, customers that would come in just to see her that right. took special interest in her. She just wasn't there long enough. Right. And there were like a few gentlemen's clubs around, like it was just this odd thing where she like tried it out and was like absolutely yeah. not. So then, I mean, I appreciate them looking into it, and it wasn't the police that were like, "Oh, she's this whatever." It right. was the media. It was right. it was the the headlines and everything because all it did was make it easy for shitty people to call her a slut and then try in some way to blame her for what happened to her. Right. Because instead of Katie being treated as an eighteen year old college student who was brutally attacked in her dorm room, the right. dialogue changed to being that a young stripper was set on fire and she should know her actions have consequences. Yep. That's so shitty. And I almost didn't even include that part because I don't want any untrue things being said about Katie. I feel this like protectiveness over the people that we talk about, and especially right. Katie. I know a Katie. Yeah. I know a lot of you know she is that light bubbly fun freshman that i think if you weren't her you knew her and i don't want to give any excuses for anybody to say anything other than you know who she was but i also don't agree with omitting part of the truth because it doesn't fit what i the story that i want to tell so i'm not going to keep any facts from you that's true but i was like do i even put that in here i'm like no but because that was true and that was her life and And it's worth
1: Talking about, because obviously it has
0: real consequences, but it it is it's hard, so Ugh. ultimately, the police did their due diligence and yeah. were able to dismiss this previous work as not related good and focus on the facts that mattered here. Oh, bless up for Kentucky police, honestly, this entire time they've been on it. they actually have i mean I was right. really I was just impressed with all of the when you have so many hands in the pot and so many moving parts on a case, it's so easy for people to get but hurt because they want the attention right. or the limelight or they want the control the power the whatever or just straight up refuse to communicate like, yeah there's all sorts of things you know not all are created equal some have more resources some care more that's just facts yep. e- that's just how that is and they seem to really all work well together even despite the circumstances being really hard to stomach yeah in the media of course blowing it into something and now she's no longer this like college student that was like someone's daughter she's like well she's a whore and she got killed yeah you know like or she got attacked and it was this whole thing and it was awful
1: and i'm i'm glad that they were able to be like no she is still someone's daughter and still a helpless victim for something that nobody
0: should ever have to try to imagine let alone go through so we're actually gonna catch up with katie now okay how's she doing Katie was not in good shape. I was expecting. Okay. She had actually survived the flight to Nashville, but she was still under heavy sedation and she was actually in an induced coma. Okay. She had such severe third and fourth degree burns that oh. many of her nerve endings actually had been killed off, which was yeah. probably a godsend because it meant that she couldn't feel a lot of the pain that she probably would have felt. Right. If the burns were slightly less severe. Okay. Still, though, she was in pain. Yeah. Yeah and her family held on hope and stayed by her side they wanted to hold her hand they just wanted to touch her and they were told you can't mm-hmm. because risk of infection is so right. so high with a burn and th- and one small infection can be what kills you in in a situation with the burns as bad as she had them
1: well yeah i know burn heals i think are some of the most dangerous ones i mean your skin is your biggest organ to think about giant vast majority of your biggest organ being like
0: <laughs> incinerated oh, yeah. literally and open to contaminants and everything right. like that. And so oh. they were they they stayed with her. They Good. didn't leave her side. They were distraught. She's eighteen years old. They've they said she didn't even look like her. Yeah. They knew it was her. And her cousin Barbie who she was the closest with she turned to God in those moments and she just prayed. Because she said she just didn't want to live in a world where there was no Katie. Oh. But unfortunately, doctors delivered devastating news that her chances of survival were minimal. Right. She, her body had started to shut down. There was no way that they could remove her from the sedation. She struggled to breathe. She couldn't really, her body couldn't keep up and couldn't do anything on its own anymore. Okay. The school held a candlelight vigil. Okay. Okay. All the students gathered and they shared happy memories of Katie and they prayed together and they -hmm. they talked about her and they comforted each other and surrounded by her loved ones and they actually sang My Girl, which just absolutely sent me. Katie passed away the night of May 7th, 2003, just one month before her 19th birthday. Wow. She was with her family. They did get to hold her as she passed everyone was a the people the family that wanted to say their goodbyes and be with her and be there were able to be there so i feel like we're that's one thing that we have is that she wasn't alone and that she was with the people that loved her yeah i was really worried she was just gonna die in transit and so she she was able to hold on so that the family could be there but ultimately even the family was like what quality of life would there be even after this when she was so like her body had just been through it that it was oh. absolutely incredible that she held on as long as she did. Yeah. I mean, she she was a fighter, an Hell, absolute yeah. fighter to be through what, what she had gone through. So yeah. three days later on May 10th, Stephen Sewells was brought in for questioning. Now, remember okay. Stephen, he was the one that was asleep in the back of the car. I sure do. Who jumped out the car once yeah. Katie got dropped off. He had previously had an alibi. He said that he was with his friend. And the friend confirmed that Stephen had been with him from like 1 a.m. on. Okay. And this friend had called a few days later and asked to speak with the police and he said that he wanted to rescind his statement. Oh. He said I'm not comfortable with this. I, like, basically like I can't sleep at night. No he wasn't with me. Okay. Well don't lie to the police but if you do definitely call them and tell
1: them that you lied to them. So that's that's a point for him
0: the friend said that he went to bed around 4 30 in the morning okay which i'm like oh my god i can remember those nights never again no nope. um <laughs> and when he went to bed at 4 30 steven still wasn't back yet oh, so the, shit. he okay. was he wasn't there and it had been hours
1: well and remind me you said
0: it was around 4 a.m that she was found 4 a.m the fire alarms the smoke alarms right. were going off okay yep so steven confirmed that he saw katie that night okay and he was like and then that was it and then it changed a bit more to say well yeah i saw her and we had consensual sex but i didn't hurt her then he said that they hit it off in the car ride over to her dorm okay and so that when she got out he followed and he said that when she badged into her building he grabbed the door before it closed and like followed her up. The st- he, she had no idea he was right behind her. It was just just as it well, was about yeah, to close. He like stuck his fingers in and got it.
1: Since I mean, he didn't get out at the same time. The car moved and then he said, wait. Yeah, she thought
0: she was, you know, when she had a bit oh, of a, like a walk God. to the, the door and everything. Oh, and yeah, he's okay. just slithering. He's a snake in the grass like coming yep. up. It, it's just awful. And so. He sneaks in. He follows her up to her room. And then he just kept repeating, I didn't hurt that girl. I didn't hurt that girl. And the detective interviewing him said, stop calling her that. Say, call her by her name. Call her Katie. Call her Katie. Good. And he put a picture of Katie. He slid it in front of him. And he said, uh, she has a name. Don't say that girl. Yeah. And Steven wouldn't look at the picture of her. Okay. And so the detective is like all right, we're on to something here. He just, he kept saying the words, but his body language, his face, everything about the energy he was giving off was just like, I'm guilty. And frankly, if I can, um,
1: if you have to catch a door before it locks without somebody knowing, it is, I'm going to venture to say, not consensual. Um, Mm -hmm. It has a chance. There's a small likelihood Frankly, if somebody is going to have sex with you, it should be an enthusiastic yes, Um, which includes, I would say, uh, keeping the door open for someone to get in.
0: Correct. Maybe
1: that's me, but.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even if she saw him, she's like, oh, maybe he has a friend in this building too. Right, right. I mean, he snuck in the outside door, but at the same time, it's like, if you didn't have ill intentions you would have said oh can you hold that right hey my friend's on floor one can i come in you know yeah. and even that could have been a lie but it, it's less sketchy yeah than doing what he did right so the detective is like this guy there is something just not right and he yeah. tr- he said he had a gut feeling and he trusted his gut as you should always do first and-
1: time around too
0: yeah and he's like his mouth is saying i didn't do it but everything else about him and his conscience his body language his face an entirely different story yeah. and even eventually like after pressing him for a little bit he admitted that though he wasn't the one who hurt her he knew who did so then he says that the murderer was actually lucas Goodrum. Now Lucas was Stephen's friend from his hometown. They had gone to high school together. They'd stayed in touch. They were sort of like in the same friend group I guess. Neither of them were students at Western so I guess they kind of had that in common. I think maybe you know they could have commuted together to the school a few mm-hmm. times but in this particular um, they didn't spend the whole time that they were at Western together. Okay. So he'd said that Lucas had called him to see what he was up to because they were both on the campus. They just weren't there together. together yeah and that they had been at that frat party together for a little bit but um he told him where he was and who he was with that he was with katie he was hanging out with this girl and everything okay and then steven says that all of a sudden there was a knock at katie's door and katie opened the door and, it, and it's lucas oh how and coincidental steven said and i quote he saw what we were doing and he wanted to get some too but she wasn't down with it Next thing I know, shit turns crazy.
1: Can you guys hear my eye roll?
0: <laughs> can you hear it? I don't it have to look at you. and can just feel it. That's oh, okay. All right. According to Steven, Lucas sexually assaulted Katie and then he sprayed her with hairspray, which is the first that this is being mentioned, mind you. The hairspray, the sexual assault, anything. He says Lucas did that. And he said, I just watched and I was over on the bench. Yep. No, that's literally like, he's like, yeah, it was a shame, huh? Like it would just sound it. It was so like, yeah, I wish he didn't do that. But other than that, it it was like so annoying
1: when your friends embarrass you by sexually assaulting and then, you know,
0: setting a girl on fire. I mean, I hate when that happens. It's just the it's like, how did he believe the words coming out of his mouth? Because. It's probably good I'm not a detective, but it would take everything in me not to app ab- like backhand him. Yeah, like you absolute monster, you animal. Like you, you didn't deserve to breathe the same air as anybody else. Uh, yeah. ugh. Anyway, ugh. I'm getting ahead of myself. However, <laughs> so, Steven said that he was scared that he didn't <laughs> want Lucas to hurt him too, and okay. that instead of do anything to help Katie, whatso fucking ever, that he just left katie alone with him and he said that after he left lucas must have set the fire after a few calls to other departments investigators learn a little bit more about lucas goodrum he's known to them for domestic related charges sure lucas uh was found and he was brought in for questioning and he also said that he was at the frat house but duh everyone else already said you were there so like that yeah there wasn't any getting out of that one nice job And he said that he saw Katie and that she might have flirted with him a bit, but that was it. He said that he never went to her dorm. He didn't know where she lived and he didn't see her after that party. So when she left, he didn't see her again. Okay. And when confronted with what Steven said, he said that it was a lie and that Stephen lied all the time and that you can't believe what he says. Great. Still, though, Lucas was arrested and charged with Katie's murder, rape, and arson. What? Lucas. Why? No, you just wait well i'm waiting three months later they get the dna results back dna had been taken both from steven sewell's and lucas goodrum as were their fingerprints and it was all cross-referenced with everything that was found at the crime scene of the results there were matches okay the only matches were to the samples from steven yeah So for three months, Lucas was incarcerated and Stephen, Stephen was out in the real world. He was not arrested. He was not incarcerated. And with these results, with these results, Stephen is finally arrested and now he's arrested for her murder as well. So now they're like, okay, so it was both of them. And the media was having a field day with this for a couple of reasons. It became common knowledge that Lucas Goodrum was a relative of the family who founded Dollar General. Okay. So the narrative was that um, he was the heir to the fortune and that (laughs) he had all of these resources and that he preyed upon Stephen to do his bidding for him because Stephen was, you know, more shy didn't have money, sure. whatever. So he, okay. you know, he listened to him. He's like, he's like, oh, he made him do his bidding for him, and how awful it was that he took advantage of him. So Ew. that's that's what they're, <laughs> that's what they're running with with Lucas. Okay. And Um, Stephen was facing the death penalty for these crimes, and again, okay. it's pretty damning when your DNA is the one that's found on everything, and inter- like including yeah, like in Katie, and you're the one bringing forth all of the technical details that. You know, other people might not necessarily know if they weren't at the Correct. scene of the crime. So now Stevens facing the death penalty. Okay. Because this is real shit and this is Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And they'll fry him. Sure will. And I kind of like it. Put him so in their chicken. <laughs> Sorry. <He laughs> was offered a plea deal. Okay. Um, He pled, actually, to the murder, the rape, and the arson. Okay. And he pled to conspiracy to, com- to commit those. And in exchange, he was spared the death penalty. All right. So he was going to still serve an LWOP, which is, you know, a life without parole sentence, but he was at least not going to be on death row. The sort of exchange here was that he would testify against Lucas. So he would have him, they'd have his word. Okay. Because they were like, Lucas did this.
1: I'm so pissed about this. I'm well, sorry. I know I'm, I'm sure that there is a time and a place for this, but why are we taking the word of a man who is getting something out of this, who is the only one with physical evidence tied to this crime, to put another man behind bars?
0: Well, I will say this. Okay. And this is brought up in the trials. Sure. Danica. Heard two male voices. Yeah, absolutely. Neither of them were Ryan, even though one of them claimed to be. Not that it was Ryan, but I'm the one who took her home. Wasn't true. And that was confirmed. Right. So we've got two people known to lie. Sure. Sure. We know that Lucas and Steven did hang out that night. Yeah. Yeah and we also know that they were friends before and that they both had criminal records this is what they're pointing to okay i'm not saying i agree with it i'm saying this is what they have yeah i mean listen i'll take anything at this point now in 2005 so this is two years after katie died okay lucas stood trial for his alleged part in her murder okay Stephen testified that he had been with katie when lucas showed up And then that's when Katie was attacked is like Lucas shows up. He decides he wants some. She did not want to participate. And then Mm -hmm. instead of doing fucking anything to stop it, he claims that he just kind of sat there for a little bit and then he left. And then whatever Lucas did with Katie was his business. That's what he claimed. Now, he said that he was there when all of it happened and that throughout the attack, Katie was in and out of consciousness but he said lucas stabbed katie with a pen and then he changed his story he said on the stand first time this story makes its debut testifying in part of the deal that he got he says uh actually instead of the first version where i like yeeted out of there out of fear for my life um what really happened was that lucas made me rape, beat and stab Katie so that it would look like I did it. This is what he said. He goes, "Lucas comes in, orders me to attack her, orders me to stab her, orders me to strangle her, set her on fire and then we both leave." Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, don't you know? He's a fucking weird-looking fella. <laughs> kind of is there too. I'm <laughs> so Stephen then says that under the threat of him and his family being killed, because this is what Lucas supposedly said to him, Mm -hmm. he was told to grab the hairspray and then use it to set Katie on fire. So now he went from, I watched it happen, to I was ordered to do all of these things and this is the order and how it happened. Okay. Which is the first time this story has been told. Yeah. (sighs) So then Lucas testified in his own trial. And he was consistent throughout. He said the same thing he said the first day he was yeah. interviewed by them. He said that he had gone to the party. Yeah. He had seen Katie in passing. She was cute, obviously. Yeah. She was adorable. I would have said that too. Duh, no shit. After that, he didn't see her again. Yep. He didn't know where Steven was. They had been hanging out. I think they, had, they on this occasion, did drive there together. Yeah. He didn't know where he was. So he had gone home. Okay. And he wasn't on campus at all. His roommates testified that he had been talking about dropping everything and moving to Florida or some other state and leaving everything behind. And that sort of gave prosecution like ammo to say,
1: That is weird. What were you
0: running from? Right. But that was pretty much it. Now, on the flip side, Lucas admitted to being on campus, obviously. Yep. That he and Steven had gone together so they could hang out with friends at the party. Still consistent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Lucas was seen in the lobby of a different dorm hall at this time. A different one than Katie's. Than Katie's. Okay. And then he left. He had a receipt from a gas station. Okay. That was between Western and his house. So okay. he was driving home which offers a timeline and the timeline it provided was that he couldn't have attacked katie with the time on the receipt now the receipt may not have belonged to him there's no way we can absolutely confirm investigators went to that gas station that gas station did not have cameras okay so while he did have a receipt from that time there's no way to how do we prove it's his receipt right right or not obviously you know it was cash it was this it was that you know whatever But he had it, and it was in his pocket. It's also the early 2000s, so there's only so much you could do at that time anyway, but... You know, now you can't go anywhere without a camera. Literally. 25 years ago, 20 years ago, not the same. I mean, obviously there were cameras, but it wasn't like every single inch of the world was covered in them like it is today. But you're not on 4,000 CCTVs a day in 2003, so... Lucas's father had also said that Lucas was home by 3.30. Right? and that fire didn't happen until 4 right so he had already had driven home so it just it established a timeline that okay sure it's his dad which like yeah i'd hope my parents would lie for me i don't know <laughs> like
1: mine wouldn't but all of, but all with of, all of the love i i think they'd be like you need to own up to the shit you did
0: <laughs> be like mom and dad please thought no, they probably wouldn't <laughs> but um but just the idea that like okay there's somebody to corroborate that even though is it really a reliable witness like i'd argue i'd argue yeah. no because it's apparent honestly because a lot of parents with the risk of their child being on death row yeah i would say just about anything and also this receipt while it does provide something right it isn't concrete yeah but the biggest thing that drove this home was that of the dna found at the crime scene and on katie not a single iota of it belonged to lucas and that's what drove it home well and that's pretty fucking impossible to do if you touch somebody
1: like period shake their hand give them a high five anything. give them a hug
0: try to touch have the door sex handle with them touch, the, they, touch the door handle to let yourself yeah. in knock on the door touch anything in that room have one piece of hair fall out while you're standing there When it came time for the jury to deliberate, they did so, and I don't know how long they deliberated for. I couldn't find that. Okay. But they reached a verdict. Okay. And Lucas Goodrum was found not guilty. Good. Now, there is a lot of debate over Stephen Sewell's plea to an LWOP sentence and then Lucas's acquittal. Yeah. Because there's a lot of moving parts here. Now- First, we'll talk about Lucas. His mother had remarried in, like, the last few years to this, you know, this time point, early 2000s, to, I think, like, the grandson of the family who founded Dollar General. Okay. And, again, they still claimed that he came from this place of privilege and status, so it was easier for him than it would have been for Steven to get a defense team that, who wasn't wealthy okay the issue here though is that his mother again had only recently married the grandson of the family who founded it so this narrative that he'd grown up wealthy and had all of this like connect and status and to say that he was so much better off him and steven went to the same school right he's not it's not this prestigiously insanely wealthy kid that the media would have you believe they were good friends. They both did not come from a lot of money, and only recently did his mom marry. And I'm pretty sure he was primarily with his dad, right? Anyway, so to say that he was the heir to the fortune and like had all this money coming to him, he didn't yeah. see a cent of that. That wasn't it. I don't. I don't see. Any, that was just simply untrue. Right, and also it's the grand, like it's so far removed. He's the grandson's stepson. Right, you are not the first on the list to no, get anything. You're no, not getting you a dime.
1: Might be in the will, maybe.
0: <laughs> like you probably could like go to like a Christmas party. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, that's one thing. He didn't have access to that money. He didn't grow up different from his peers, and he didn't have fame and fortune that they'd like you to believe.
1: Right, and. Also, my other kind of response to that is like, if you are someone who grows up with that status and that wealth, why is a quote unquote known lowlife your go to
0: henchman and not someone that you can pay off? And you'd honestly have probably gotten off on those other charges. You had too, if that. Were tra- right, I mean, really, exactly. like if you're going to say, well, this will get you off. It's like, well, then you wouldn't have had the other things either.
1: Right. If you can get away with murder, you can get away with robbing a convenience store or, or like you slapping
0: know? your girlfriend which yeah. i think was what it was you know oh, it was okay, something yeah. like that yeah like, you definitely get away with have, something like that you know what i mean and you should i mean you, everyone should be held accountable but let's not pretend that like this kid was like the the wealthiest like right you know or that boy billionaire type idea so that we just put that to bed that's not true good what it came down to was this if his dna had been at the scene he would have been convicted yeah it wasn't and that meant that everything they had on him was just because steven said so and he proved in the courtroom that he was a liar Mm -hmm. and not a credible historian because he changed his story on the stand and if i think you can factor the money into it if you want to yeah he did have a good defense team steven didn't have a fantastic defense team but also steven knew how bad this looked and he knew death was on the table right i think he was like i'll do anything to not be on death he's not saying i didn't do it now now he's saying oh well i did but this oh well this but this In my personal belief and what i've researched i don't think lucas did it there are people that still think that he walked when he shouldn't have okay i think that if A shred of evidence had been found that wasn't what steven you know that that confirmed anything steven had said we'd be having a different conversation today but there was truly nothing every single bit of this was circumstantial every single bit of this was on the rumor mill every bit of this couldn't be proven and yeah There was nothing from Lucas in her room, on her body, even, like, in the building. And despite his attempts to cover it, Stevens was everywhere. Yeah. I mean, he covered her in clothes, stabbed her with a pen in the neck, beat her face, strangled her with her own curling iron cord, put hairspray all over her body, and tried to set her on fire and tried to ensure that the sprinkler system wouldn't put it out. And despite all of those attempts, his DNA was everywhere. Oh. It just, it was just him. It yeah. wasn't anybody else. Yeah. You can't convince me. And even if it wasn't Lucas and like we're going to say it could have been someone else. No. Yeah. Steven went in there wanting what he wanted. He was going to take it. And then he made her pay for that. Yeah. And then he left her there. He slipped out of the building. And hoped that she'd die. And And he was right. He
1: probably slipped out with the massive crowds when the fire alarm went off and he said, great, see you later. Like. You mean there's
0: chaos and confusion and I can get away without anybody looking at it? Mm -hmm. Awesome. The jurors said that the reason they just could not justify any kind of conviction for him was what we just talked about. There was no evidence they're not doing that. Well, and frankly, here, my thought on it, this is maybe
1: an obvious sign that I was a criminal justice major, and I'll take that with pride, but I think that if I was in that jury, the whole point of prosecution, the point of a trial like this is to prove beyond a reasonable doubt, right? Mm Mm-hmm. There are so many fucking reasonable doubts for Lucas to have not been involved. And even if, I mean, frankly, even if there was some sort of DNA in there, I'm sure that even with Stephen's testimony um, that he probably would have been charged. But I would have fought that because, frankly, Stephen's been proven to be a liar. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know... How am I to know that Lucas isn't the one that went in, had consensual sex, and then Stephen showed up? You know what I mean? Like, there are all sorts of things here, and I understand that a lot of cases are he said, she said, or in this case, he said, he said, but I don't see enough pointing to Lucas at all. I, I mean, I simply don't, and frankly, yes, it is not okay to you know, assault anybody, whether that's a slap or a punch or anything in air history. But I also don't believe that slapping one person one time and being brought to justice
0: for it means that you're going to murder an 18-year-old. I mean, like Katie slapped Maurice. Exactly. You know, I know there's the double standard where she can slap him. But if he slapped her, the whole thing, you know, right. cops would have been called. And it would have been a whole thing. And that's... I slapped my college boyfriend and
1: I, like, still feel guilty about it. But... <laughs> You know, I also think that if he had been like, you slapped me, I would have had to be like, yes, I'm not going to kill anybody.
0: And I think, you kidding me? You saved the spider in my house. You were like, kill it. I was like, get <laughs> rid of it. Yes. Like, I don't care what you do to it, but get rid of it. Yeah. But yeah, just that idea. And and I think that, you know, this is why our system is is important and why, you know, obviously it's imperfect. There is no perfect system. Sorry to say it. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's why prosecution's important. Yeah. That's why defense teams are important.
1: And, I mean, yes, money does play a huge role in it. I think it'd be naive and obtuse to say that it doesn't. But it's also why we need very adequate defense
0: for people who can't afford it. And Stephen didn't have bad defense Stephen just did it. But Stephen also <laughs> had already admitted to so, you know what I mean? Like, right. And he had changed it so many times and he had done whatever. And at the end of the day, those three months before those DNA results came in, yep. it was Lucas that was incarcerated, not him. Yep. Make that one make sense. Can't. Would love to. Can't. So it just drives me nuts. So if we look at today. Yes. Where are we at? Stephen Sewell's is still serving his life sentence. Okay. Without the possibility of parole. He is 40 years old. Right. He was 20 at the time, and if Katie were alive today, she'd be 38. Oh. Katie is remembered for her strength, her determination, and her loving personality. And her cousin Barbie said of Katie that she would have changed the world if she had been given the chance. Oh. Which is just the biggest gut punch yeah. you can get. But I think of, you know, what she's h- how she's described she's immature she's young and i mean immature in a in an endearing way she's 18 years old she's a college kid (laughs) she's finally getting to like spread her wings and go do something she's never been far away from home before she's still like seeing her family on the weekends she made this best friend that was probably going to be best friends with her for life yeah they were inseparable they happened to be apart that night that wasn't common it
1: literally is so paralleled my friend who has that same birthday like I would have been I would have been like a Danica you know what I mean it is ridiculous how I mean I think anybody who has developed those close friendships in college like knows what that's like it is literally one big sleepover while you're figuring out who you are away from your house
0: I knew three or four katies Mm -hmm. that I can think of right now yeah there was something so sweet and so innocent and so excited and it was all taken away from her yeah because she happened to get into a car that happened to have somebody that didn't go to her school taking a nap in the back that happened to sneak into her dorm building who happened to follow her up the stairs who happened to let himself in her room And she happened to be alone.
1: And also, frankly, I'll say, I think it makes a lot more sense now analyzing the phone call because she had enough time to get familiar with him. But he was still a stranger. So she's not freaking out like someone I don't know is in the room. She's like, yeah, there's someone I don't know here. But
0: yeah, like. But I I just gave him shit over not feeling well. Exactly. But why are you here, bud? And if you're kind of drunk and like not. You know, you're not putting those things together. And she's trying to go to bed, man. She's, like, already in bed. She's laying down. Yeah. Like, she is lights out, ready to go to bed. She's like, I drank my water. I took my Advil for the morning. Get out. Like, (laughs) That's all you can do. Yeah. And so, for her friend, and that's why I cut her some slack, but I think what we can learn from this is, like, if it doesn't feel right, there's probably a reason. And it doesn't mean you know, alert the, the uh, alert, the town bells and everything. But it does mean that. Follow up. Do your due diligence. Call the RA if you need to. Call a friend that you know that lives there. Call a guy. Call, you know, call a big, you know, oh, there was a guy there. I'm not going to send another girl there. Let's have a guy that I know that, you know, just something to just check on her.
1: Frankly. And I mean, this would have been, you know, in hindsight, bad for investigation purposes, because it probably would have mucked everything up. But like, Have Maurice go, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even if he's lying, yo, that's my girl. And like knocking down doors. I I would think that a little like a little shit like Steven would be like, I'm going to
0: scurry the fuck out of here. Like. (laughs) It's just if somebody had done something, I mean, even I can't imagine that it was quiet. Right. But I can't imagine that if he had stuffed things over her face the way he did and he beat her and she was in and out of consciousness like he was saying she was right that i could see how it might not have made a sound right strangling someone's quiet yeah Ugh. i mean what would the loudest thing be the sound of the hairspray if you think of it right Mm-hmm. but there's other parties going on and there's other and frankly there's other ones listening to music half of them are asleep if they're you know, if they're awake at all, they're probably also trash. No Right. You'd be hard pressed to be on a college campus and find someone awake at like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That isn't either like going to their job that starts at five AM Yeah, or absolutely trashed yep. from the night before. I don't think you're gonna find an in between there.
1: And you can be both of those people at different times, but that's it. Yeah. And you're it depend- all doing. It can what- depend
0: on the day of the week.
1: Yeah. And you're doing what you have your eyes set on because it's 4 fucking a.m. You're like, I'm exhausted. I'm either exhausted and having a great time or I'm exhausted and cursing my boss's name. But I'm exhausted and I'm just doing the thing I need to do.
0: And I can still understand how some people might not have heard anything. Yeah, absolutely. Some of them might have gone home for the weekend. Maybe they were bringing stuff back to their parents' house because school's about to wrap up and they got to get ready to move home. Maybe some of them already did move home. Maybe some are home to study for upcoming finals. Like maybe they're at the party that Katie was just at. I mean, there's so many reasons why someone could have not noticed or intervened. Yeah.
1: I mean, genuinely, and this is like a little bit graphic, not crazy, but even if the worst sound of it was like any of the things he was doing physically to her, no one's no one's going to think twice about it. First of all, college walls are paper thin. You hear weird shit every day. Like your neighbor farts in their sleep. You hear it. Fun fact. I did hear that once. Fun fact. My next door neighbor um, screamed on a Tuesday around midnight. I can monster queef. And she's been known in my friend group as monster queef ever since. Oh, my God. But you can hear fucking everything. Yeah. So, like. Monster you know you got music going in one room you're out for the rest of the hallway everybody can hear that one Mm -hmm. music blasting like who who's gonna know katie
0: has a friend over yeah that's it i mean that's that's all it is and i don't doubt that he probably started with beating her to incapacitate her enough where she's not making any sounds right she's not able to alert anyone or do anything and i think the very last thing he did was set her on fire and then he disappeared out the door like he sprayed the hairspray and he left yeah hearing the sound of hairspray being sprayed is like the most common thing you're gonna hear on a weekend (laughs) yeah yeah that's true so you know so there's just a lot there's a lot there it's awful what happened it seems both preventable and not yeah and katie didn't do anything wrong she went home she did what you do at the end of the night What we all hope that we get to do every single day is just go home.
1: she did it with a sober driver. So she probably was the most
0: responsible out of anybody in this whole thing. It's awful (laughs) to think that she could have been safer if she walked home shit-faced. Yep. And like had to find her way there. That someone else, even if someone else with bad intentions stopped and grabbed her, that maybe she'd still be here. Yep. That the safe ride home that was designated for people was specifically unsafe for her was the the fatal and lethal thing that happened is horrible yeah and it's horrible for her family her cousin barbie is the one from the family that's like the most outspoken about what had happened and even though it's been 20 years she sobs every time she talks about it she is struggling you know she struggles to talk about katie because They were so inseparable, so close. And she said she just, she couldn't believe it. She didn't want to be here if Katie wasn't here. Yeah. And they were so proud of Katie for being the first one in the the family to go to college to do that. And yeah, Katie was having fun and she deserved it. She was getting good grades. She was taking care of her business. She was working. She was doing all the things that she needed to do. She didn't even get a chance to enjoy. She didn't even get to finish her freshman year. She didn't get the opportunity. That's awful. Ugh. So that's how I feel. (laughs) That is the very awful murder of Katie Autry. It was heinous. And we will include in the show notes some places that should you feel compelled to donate. Yeah, you can donate.
1: So you guys, I think this was absolutely awful and gut wrenching, and literally made me want to like pee my pants and cry and vomit all at the same time. Three times. I did cry like three times. Sorry. And I stand by flipping you off. It's been a day it's all and right. we ended it with that. I deserved it. I it's mean okay. I do it with love, but Oh no. I do it.
0: No, you can do two if you
1: want. It's um, really fine. No, I'm I'm okay with the one. I Whoa. think that's warranted. I did sign up for this. But that is true. Thank you for acknowledging that. Um All of you <laughs> did not necessarily sign up for this. So why don't we end with a reprieve? I think we should. Okay. So as it is the season of summer, I'm thinking that it could be very fun to do bad popsicle jokes. Um, My roommate this week actually just found one that was <laughs> why was the dog sweating? Hmm. It was a hot dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. They're so bad. They're good. Oh, no. In the vein of your dog joke, yes. I have another one. Okay. Where do dogs hate to shop? Where? The flea market. Oh, mm. poor guys. Hey, mm. how many apples grow
1: on a tree? How many? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's not bad oh my gosh we've been really into the like you know the red white and blue rocket popsicles yes we have gone through like three boxes of them <laughs> in my house just to read the jokes on yeah. them i love that yeah well actually the original bomb pop does not have any jokes on the stick <sighs> but there is a knockoff brand at walmart that does have person jokes on well the there stick. you
0: go that's all you need then it's so true What's the hardest thing about learning to ride a bike? What? The pavement. Oh. <laughs> Why can't you play soccer with pigs? Why? They hog the ball.
1: Oh. Oh.
0: <laughs>
1: hey. Hmm? What goes 99 clunk, 99 clunk, 99
0: clunk? What? A centipede with a wooden leg. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last one. Last one. All right. Where does an elephant keep its suitcase? Where? In its trunk. Oh. I love elephants, so I had to end on that They're one. They're so
1: cute. There's like a little video of one painting
0: with there's its a, trunk. There's a lot of videos of painting. I didn't painting. know they could paint. Yeah. It's so cute. I would pay good money for an elephant painting, and which would probably be like a three your year old. Birthday.
1: Oh. They got good memories. They have really good memories.
0: Yeah.
1: Alright, hit us with your last one. All right. Um. Ooh. okay. On our elephant kick. What do you get when you cross an elephant with a ladybug? What? Oh, no. Run. A giant ladybug is eating the city. Ah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's on the popsicle stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Send us your favorite uh, popsicle sticks. Send us your pod pets, your messages. Your oh, your case pod pets, please. Recommendations, your feedback, your fun stuff. Your, your jolly good time. Selfies with your ATFTC
1: stickers that you got off of Redbubble. Send all of it. Send us how much we made you cry with this episode because I'm three down for today. So
0: It's true. Yeah, you're 0 3. Uh um, pretty
1: bad. Let us know. You can do all of that on our Instagram if you'd like. You can search that up by opening your little Instagram and typing in that little bubble about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word. So that is a B O U T period T I M E period F O R period T R U E period C R I M E period P O D because podcast was too long. But if you, like podcast, want to send something too long, you could do that to our email. But Allie, where would they email us?
0: If you wanted to email us, you could certainly do that at about time, the number four tc at gmail.com. So that's A-B-O-U-T-T-I-M-E numeric four tc at gmail dot com. And we would love to hear from you. Anything, everything, as long as you're not being
1: creepy, we're responding. So You got it. We love to hang out. We love to chat. We hope that you take care of yourselves and do something good after this hellacious hour and a half we've spent together. Oh, yeah. And we hope you guys have a great day.
0: If I take a look at my watch, I do believe that that was
1: about about time for true crime. Bye. Share your location with people, please. Oh, and by the way, if you're ever in an Uber, pick off a nail and leave it under the seat. That's all. Okay.